Section six of Treaties on Light by Christian Huygens, translated by Sylvanus P. Thompson, recording by Avai in November two thousand and twelve. Chapter four, on the refraction of the air. We have shown how the movement which constitutes light spreads by spherical waves in any homogeneous matter and it is evident that when the matter is not homogeneous but of such a constitution that the movement is communicated in it more rapidly toward one side than toward another these waves cannot be spherical but that they must acquire their figure according to the different distances over which the successive movement passes in equal times it is thus that we shall in the first place explain the refractions which occur in the air which extends from here to the clouds and beyond the effects of which refractions are very remarkable for by them we often see objects which the rotundity of the earth ought otherwise to hide such as islands and the tops of mountains when one is at sea because also of them the sun and the moon appear as risen before in fact they have and appear to set later so that at times the moon has been seen eclipsed while the sun appeared still above the horizon and so also the heights of the sun and of the moon and those of all the stars always appear a little greater than they are in reality because of these same refractions as astronomers know but there is one experiment which renders this refraction very evident which is that of fixing a telescope on some spot so that it views an object such as a steeple or a house at a distance of half a league or more if then you look through it at different hours of the day leaving it always fixed in the same way you will see that the same spots of the object will not always appear at the middle of the aperture of the telescope but that generally in the morning and in the evening when there are more vapors near the earth these objects seem to rise higher so that the half or more of them will no longer be visible and so that they seem lower toward midday when these vapors are dissipated those who consider refraction to occur only in the surfaces which separate transparent bodies of different nature would find it difficult to give a reason for all that i have just related but according to our theory the thing is quite easy it is known that the air which surrounds us besides the particles which are proper to it and which float in the ethereal matter as has been explained is full also of particles of water which are raised by the action of heat and it has been ascertained further by some very definite experiments that as one mounts up higher the density of air diminishes in proportion now whether the particles of water and those of air take part by means of the particles of ethereal matter in the movement which constitutes light but have a less prompt recoil than these or whether the encounter and hindrance which these particles of air and water offer to the propagation of movement of the ethereal progress retard the progression it follows that both kinds of particles flying amidst the ethereal particles must render the air 
from a great height down to the earth gradually less easy for the spreading of the waves of light whence the configuration of the waves ought to become nearly such as this figure represents namely if a is a light or the visible point of a steeple the waves which start from it ought to spread more widely upwards and less widely downwards but in other directions more or less as they approximate to these two extremes this being so it necessarily follows that every line intersecting one of these waves at right angles will pass above the point a always excepting the one line which is perpendicular to the horizon let bc be the wave which brings the light to the spectator who is at b and let bd be the straight line which intersects this wave at right angles now because the ray or straight line by which we judge the spot where the object appears to us is nothing else than the perpendicular to the wave that reaches our eye as will be understood by what was said above it is manifest that the point a will be perceived as being in the line bd and therefore higher than in fact it is similarly if the earth be a b and the top of the atmosphere cd which probably is not a well-defined spherical surface since we know that the air becomes rare in proportion as one ascends for above there is so much less of it to press down upon it the waves of light from the sun coming for instance in such a way that so long as they have not reached the atmosphere c d the straight line a e intersects them perpendicularly they ought when they enter the atmosphere to advance more quickly in elevated regions than in regions nearer to the earth so that if c a is the wave which brings the light to the spectator at a its region c will be the furthest advanced and the straight line a f which intersects this wave at right angles and which determines the apparent place of the sun will pass above the real sun which will be seen along the line a e and so it may occur that when it ought not to be visible in the absence of vapors because the line a e encounters the rotundity of the earth it will be perceived in the line a f by refraction but this angle eaf is scarcely ever more than half a degree because the attenuation of the vapors alters the waves of light but little furthermore these refractions are not altogether constant in all weathers particularly at small elevations of two or three degrees which results from the different quantity of aqueous vapors rising above the earth and this same thing is the cause why at certain times a distant object will be hidden behind another less distant one and yet may at another time be able to be seen although the spot from which it is viewed is always the same but the reason for this effect will be still more evident from what we are going to remark touching the curvature of rays 
it appears from the things explained above that the progression or propagation of a small part of a wave of light is properly what one calls a ray now these rays instead of being straight as they are in homogeneous media ought to be curved in an atmosphere of unequal penetrability for they necessarily follow from the object to the eye the line which intersects at right angles all the progressions of the waves as in the first figure the line aeb does as will be shown hereafter and it is this line which determines what interposed bodies would or would not hinder us from seeing the object for although the point of the steeple a appears raised to d it would yet not appear to the eye b if the tower h was between the two because it crosses the curve a e b but the tower e which is beneath this curve does not hinder the point a from being seen now according as the air near the earth exceeds in density that which is higher the curvature of the ray a e b becomes greater so that at certain times it passes above the summit e which allows the point a to be perceived by the eye at b and at other times it is intercepted by the same tower e which hides a from this same eye but to demonstrate this curvature of the rays conformably to all our preceding theory let us imagine that a b is a small portion of a wave of light coming from the side c which we may consider as a straight line let us also suppose that it is perpendicular to the horizon the portion b being nearer to the earth than the portion a and that because the vapours are less hindering at a than at b the particular wave which comes from the point a spreads through a certain space a d while the particular wave which starts from the point b spreads through a shorter space b e a d and b e being parallel to the horizon further supposing the straight lines f g h i etc to be drawn from an infinitude of points in the straight line a b and to terminate on the line d e which is straight or may be considered as such let the difference penetrabilities at the different heights in the air between a and b be represented by all these lines so that the particular wave originating from the point f will spread across the space f g and that from the point h across the space h i while that from the point a spreads across the space a d now if about the centres a b one describes the circles d k e l which represent the spreading of the waves which originate from these two points and if one draws the straight line k l which touches these two circles it is easy to see that this same line will be the common tangent to all the other circles drawn about the centres f h etc and that all the points of contact will fall within that part of this line which is comprised between the perpendiculars a k b l
then it will be the line KL which will terminate the movement of the particular waves originating from the points of the wave AB. And this movement will be stronger between the points KL than anywhere else at the same instant, since an infinitude of circumferences concur to form this straight line, and consequently KL will be the propagation of the portion of wave AB, as has been said in explaining reflection and ordinary refraction. Now it appears that AK and BL dip down toward the side where the air is less easy to penetrate. For AK being longer than BL and parallel to it, it follows that the lines AB and KL, being prolonged, would meet at the side L. But the angle K is a right angle, hence KAB is necessarily acute, and consequently less than DAB. If one investigates in the same way the progression of the portion of the wave KL, one will find that after a further time it has arrived at MN in such a manner that the perpendiculars KM, LN, dip down even more than do AK, BL. And this suffices to show that the ray will continue along the curved line which intersects all the waves at right angles, as has been said. End of section 6